This is the Rapid Agency Growth Podcast with Abul Hussain, helping you to get more high-ticket clients and building a profitable marketing agency by dominating your niche. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rapid Agency Growth Podcast with me, Abul Hussain. Now, I hope you are watching this in the SMMA Mastermind group, especially if you're in the agency community and you're looking to grow your agency to six figures and beyond. But if you're not in the group, what are you doing? Go to smmamastermind.com or find our group on Facebook. Now, today I have a very special guest who's joining me all the way from Namibia. And this is quite a special episode because often the type of questions I get on Messenger, on Facebook, tend to be from people who own India, Pakistan, the Philippines, even, you know, some places in Africa. And our guest today has been able to scale her agency up to $15,000 plus a month all the way from from Namibia. So there's hopefully this is going to serve as an inspiration to some of you people who are watching from as we call it, the developing world. Um, you know, that's a polite way to call it. I know some people call it the third world, but we're going to call it the developing world. Senator Grundman, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. And, you know, it gives me actually great pleasure to have you on here as a guest because, you know, for about a year, I've seen you in various different Facebook community groups, uh, posting questions, asking questions, and, you know, yeah. really... Clearly, you've been taking action as well in, in, in the background. So, you know, for the people who might not know who you are, how about a little bit of an introduction? Perfect. Um, so my name is Pamka Grundman. I was born and raised here in Namibia, but I'm based in Johannesburg and I own an agency. And um, I started out two years ago. And yeah, this is my second year right now. And yeah, I came from far <laughs> Yeah, yeah as um, Abdul told you, I've been just, yeah, all around all these Facebook groups. And yeah, um, here we are today. So here you yeah, are today. an awesome yeah. journey. That's awesome. So you've been at it for two years. When did your business really start taking off then? Um, I would say, can I be honest and frank? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I've had to rebuild my business so many times within like the last two years because uh -huh. I would get clients and then lose them. But I think for the last four months is when things really started ticking off and I've been able to keep those clients because mm -hmm. for a large part of um, when I started out the agency, it was like I'd get clients and then lose them, then get clients and then lose them. So I think for the last four months has really been the time where I've seen a lot of mm -hmm. growth. So yeah, no, that's to awesome. answer your question. No, this is fresh growth and this is kind of obviously, hopefully a fresh story, not something that, you know, people are going to find on YouTube that is five years old and they're like, do these strategies work today? And, uh, you know, what you're talking about, is it relevant today? So uh, Femke, what kind of business owners do you serve and how do you serve them? Can you repeat that? I didn't hear that. Sure. What kind of business owners do you serve with your agency and what services, I suppose, do you provide for them? Yeah. So what I serve is e-commerce businesses. So businesses that sell products online and it's mainly businesses that are doing like 25K and upwards in terms of revenue. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, in terms of how I serve them, I serve them with SMS marketing. So text message marketing. And um, yeah, that's basically it. That's my main offer right now. Uh, so I'm making the transition from... Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, uh, you, you, go, you go ahead and finish off and I'll come back. Yeah. So I'm making a transition from Facebook. So I still have a few Facebook ads client. But my main offer right now is text message marketing. Right. And, and that's what exactly what I was about to dive into because people think of e-com and everyone's uh, emailing, messaging these e-com store owners, these Shopify store, store owners, uh, telling them, obviously, uh, I can run ads for you and I can get great ROAS. Now, obviously, with iOS 14, I'm not sure how they're doing. <laughs> but I mean, where did this whole idea of SMS come about from? Because this is kind of when everyone else is going zig, you're going zag. You know, and if you were to email me as an e-com store store owner and you were talking about SMS over Facebook or something else, I'd be like, this is different. Um, so where did the whole mm-hmm. SMS idea come from? Well, it came from a tons of research, actually. Um, and yes, I was one of them. I was offering Facebook ads clients because I think for a lot of agency owners, you know, once you enter the space, the only thing that you hear is Facebook ads, right? You go on YouTube and everybody's talking about Facebook ads, right? But that's not the only mechanism that you can deliver results with, right? And so I researched, you know, what else can you offer these people, e-commerce business owners, without using, you know, paid ads and all of that. Um, And a big thing that I learned with, you know, just any type of business, whether that be like e-commerce or digital agency, a big thing is retention, right? So how many clients can you actually keep? It's all well and good. You're getting all these clients, but then are you able to keep them? Can you really call yourself an agency if, you know, you have like a high churn rate, right? So I discovered that for e-commerce businesses also. So a lot of them are out for traffic. And that's also the thing that's, you know, that they hear. But the important thing is also keeping customers right being able to have a high retention rate so i had to yeah yeah so i discovered that as a principle for business as a whole and also for money right it's not about how much money you make but also how much you keep so that principle of retention kept coming up and coming up so i was like okay how can i provide the service not only you know use sms as a retention mechanism but also get clients on there right um so yeah i did a lot of research on text message marketing and i was like okay i can actually provide this as a service and all these platforms are coming up postscript sms bump and i was seeing oh my goodness these companies are being sold for like billions so there must be Mm. something there (laughs) and yeah i decided to educate myself on sms and yeah just provide it as a service that's that's absolutely awesome absolutely love it when people are innovating and and here's the funny thing it's not necessarily innovating because SMS has been around for what decades and decades, but be offering SMS as a service as an agency, that's obviously taking things in a rather new direction. So, I mean, I do have a question for you and I'm sure a lot of people are gonna have the same thing in the, in, in the back of their minds. SMS is such an easy thing to do. Why would an e-commerce store owner bring on an agency and not just sign up for an SMS platform and keep on blasting their uh, list on a daily basis? 
That's a great question. Well, SMS is easy. You know, I wouldn't say it's easy. It's simple. It's really, mm. really hard to get subscribers on, though. You have to do a lot of education and also saying the right thing at the right time. That's also very important. And like you mentioned, you know, SMS is a very old service. You know, a lot of these big companies are using it, Facebook, Google, all of them. Um, but for e-commerce businesses, SMS is a relatively new thing. So even within the e-commerce space, not a lot of businesses are using SMS. In mm. fact, many of them don't actually know how to navigate the space. And many of them use it as, um, you know, sort of a mechanism just to mass text the audience, but that's right. the incorrect way of going about it. So yes, SMS is simple, but actually getting that mechanism to convert is another story. Yep. I mean, just like Facebook ads, right? I mean, Facebook ads has democratized advertising. Everyone has yep. access to it. And you can say it is simple, but actually being able to use the platform and make yes. money <laughs> absolutely. Of it. As another yeah. story. <laughs> um, no, totally, totally get that. So the kind of SMSs that you send out to kind of get people to engage, open, click through, whatnot. I mean, are they primarily based around special offers or do you do content marketing through SMS as well? Yeah, so it varies also from brand to brand. I have to say that, right? So yes, we do offers, but, um, you know, for a lot of the clients that I'm um, working with also, we use it as a customer service platform, right? So, you know, giving out content and also finding out, you know, do people actually like the content or do people like the product? How would they like to improve it? Um, yeah. So it's not just a, being like a um, promotional mechanism, but also really engaging with your customers and being able to find out, okay, what it is that they actually like, what keeps them on the platform, which is more than a lot of platforms can actually say, you know, you're not just getting revenue from a platform, but you're doing um, market research, you're doing customer service also on this one platform. So it gives um, a lot of benefits if you're mm -hmm. a product business owner. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, obviously, uh, a lot of these e-commerce uh, store owners are getting um, harassed on a daily basis by hundreds and hundreds of marketers, as you can imagine, through email marketing, people who are taking stuff off Google or through a course or something like that, copying and pasting it word for word. Um, you know, what response do you get from uh, e-commerce owners when you are kind of pitching SMS through email or do you not even talk about SMS when you email them? Do you kind of go in through another, another angle? I do talk about SMS, but a small portion, to be honest. Um, also with SMS, I have to, I find that I have to do a lot of education, you know, with the prospects that I'm jumping on the meeting with. But in terms of, you know, cold emailing them, I don't sell the service. I just, right. you know, sell the meeting. And if anything, um, the way that I approach um, cold email is through just like I said, you know, selling the meeting. I only mm -hmm. speak about SMS for a small portion of it. Um, but yeah, but also leading through value, you know, so I don't just go there like, hey, um, I'm another agency. Can we hop on a meeting? Like, I mean, I've just gone away from that approach, you know, to asking for a meeting in the first email. Yeah. So 
Mm-hmm. Does that answer the question? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, no, abs- absolutely. And obviously, you know, this this show is all about growing your agency. So we love talking about tips and uh, tactics on prospecting and whatnot. So you've you've touched upon email. Now, there are people out there who are sending hundreds and hundreds of emails a day using, you know, one platform or another. Um, you know, are you sending a huge amount of emails out on a daily basis or are you identifying your ideal client in some other way and taking a more of a bespoke, more personalized approach? Both. Right. So (laughs) I find that I have to balance, um, you know, doing personalization, but also sending out volume. So I tried both um, methods and I isolated it. So I tried going really personalized, right? But then I found that it takes ages like I would spend seven plus hours and I would come out with only like 10 leads and because it takes quite a lot of research right if you have to go the really really personalized route but then I mean from those 10 emails how many of them are really going to respond to it so I found that you know having that balance and you know balancing personalization but also sending out volume um, is what really works for me. And I don't, you know, I don't like it when people talk about just using, you know, one mechanism and isolating mm. the other. Really, you have to test on your own. And I mean, depending on the niche that you are in, the audience, so it's all these variables that come into play. And um, I've also found a way in terms of personalization. So I don't necessarily just uh, give people like, compliments like I know that's a big thing where and I always thought I was so so fake (laughs) but I just kept doing it because I felt like okay everybody else is doing it and like surely it must work if it's working for x y and z um so I just changed that completely I mean there are many ways to personalize cold email especially if you're using software like Limlist you don't necessarily need to always use that line that you have to personally i'm not sure what software your audiences use but there's the software called Limlist. Is a big one that a lot of people use when they're trying to personalize things you know i think people use gmas people use all sorts of stuff uh yeah. but carry on about Limlist. that's going to be quite familiar with people yeah so if you're using Limlist and you're familiar with the icebreaker you don't necessarily need to always use it to compliment people i always felt like there was ass kicking i mean ass kissing and it was came off so fake you know like you're just trying to give a compliment and then talk about what you want and what you're going to get out of the person so there are many ways to personalize so use those variables um dynamically and it doesn't always need to be for a compliment um Mm -hmm. yeah okay no that's that's that that's a good start if you have to go into it probably talk about it the whole day but yeah no no that's 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 totally fine obviously we we kind of like to hear about different approaches that people are taking than kind of you know using the same script over and over again so in terms of client acquisition is email marketing your primary source of picking up new clients yeah email is and linkedin as well so i use email and linkedin no, that's 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 great to hear because often I, I even get these questions where people are asking the same thing over and over again. And I have to kind of tell them that, you know, if you're going after e-commerce owners, you probably, you know, but you're better off scraping a list and sending emails out. You're not going to go and connect with a lot of good quality uh, store owners on in the Facebook 
group. So it's great when you hear it from someone else who's actually doing it. Now, in terms of your packages, how do you position it so that it becomes a no-brainer for your for your clients to say, okay, let's try this out? Yeah, so depending on where the client is and in their journey, right? So as I said, I only approach um, brands that are doing 25K and upwards, but many of them um, I've noticed, um, you know, many e-commerce brands have cash flow issues. So mm -hmm. what I tend to do is that um, if they can't afford the retainer, you know, what I'll do is, hey, look, if you're not able to afford this retainer, not a lot of people can. Um, what I'll then do is just downsell them on a consulting or a coaching um, right. offer. Yeah. So then in that coaching offer, you know, I'll say, okay, let's set this up for you one time. And I also teach you about, you know, optimizing your flows and how to think about approaching SMS, all of that I mm -hmm. included. And yeah. Okay, so that, those are the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got the done for you approach where I will do the work and the retainer is this much, or I've got this mm. done with you approach. I'll show you how to do it and the retainer is, is this much. So, in terms of kind of, I suppose, your total revenue, what percentage of it would you say is in this consulting, this coaching part, and how much of it, how much of it is in actually delivering the service yourself? Yeah. So, in terms of the two packages that I have, I noticed that retainers still make a huge part of it because it is recurring revenue. So mm -hmm. that makes up about 70% of it, plus minus 70. Um, and then in terms of consulting, it would make about 30. Yeah, mm -hmm. 30, 20. Yeah, so that's a once-off thing. So right. it doesn't really provide a way for me to, you know, keep making money off of it or... Um, sure yeah make monthly revenue you know what i am thinking of doing is also providing like a, a program around sms but it would need also a lot of education on my part because i'm still you know navigating the um what's this the sms itself right so i need to, um, the what the sms landscape <laughs> yes the landscape that's the perfect word also yeah so yeah so that's what i'm thinking i think you know maybe a year down the line that i can you know sort of offer a program around it yep. for the clients and then yeah so there's many ways to actually <laughs> make yeah. revenue through the agency who do you i, I didn't it. know this like a year ago yeah honestly i love it because here's the thing you're quite honestly saying you're pretty much learning on the job but the mm -hmm. beauty of this is you know more than your clients and you know enough to obviously package it up, sell it as a service Absolutely. and then kind of learn off their buck and but also deliver, you know, great results because obviously you've been able to retain these <laughs> these clients, you know. So in terms yeah. of your clients, you're, you're based in Namibia and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're selling internationally as, as well as locally. Um, what does the makeup of your client look like right now? Hmm. Okay, so I do have local clients. Yes, that's right. But they only make a small portion of it. I would say like 70% of it is international. No, mm -hmm. not 70, I'm lying, I'm lying. I would say 60 yeah, <laughs> 60% of it. 
Yeah, so 60% of it um, international clients and then 40% of it local. Right. And when we say international, are we talking about just the US or uh, other countries as well? No, just the US. So in terms of, just to explain a bit more, you know, for the international clients, that's what I'm offering SMS for. But locally, um, I don't offer SMS. It's still, you know, clients that I have for Facebook, which I've had for a while now. Um, Yeah. Okay. So you need to adapt, obviously, based on who you're selling to. Now, the the whole thing with SMS marketing, especially in Europe, is... um, the whole complexity around, you know, having permission to the market laws and all of the that. laws mm-hmm. and GDPR and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, do you face any of that in, in, in the US market? I do know their privacy laws are a bit softer. Hello? I lost you there first. Oh, sorry. did you, did you get that? Yeah. No, I mean... Uh, in in terms of you, the US, are you finding that SMS marketing laws are a lot easier to go by than than Europe and and the UK, so that it's easier to sign on the clients willing to try this new method out? I suppose. Yeah, definitely. It's. I mean, I haven't really tested out the UK to be honest. I I would be lying to you if I said you know, um, it's easier. But why I went for the U.S. is because of the platform that I'm using, Postscript. So it's well known in the U.S. particularly. I mean, the platform was particularly used, I mean, built for Shopify brands. So it was sort of an easy entry for me, you know, to sell the service because those of them, the e-commerce brands that are familiar with SMS, they mainly know about it through Postscript. So then, yeah, I would sort of come under the guise of postscript and say hey yeah okay no that's, then, that, that sorry gone sorry no um, i was just about to say um the laws are just as strict um i mean in terms of sms and all of that you should not have um i mean sms someone without their consent it should be right. explicit yeah so the laws are just as strict and the fines can be quite hefty. So when I said, I remember in the beginning when I said I had to do a lot of education on SMS with certain prospects, that's what I meant. Because a lot of them are scared of using SMS, particularly Mm -hmm. because of the laws. So I have to, you know, tell them like, hey, look, um, we are familiar with the laws. You just have to get consent explicitly. Like, I mean, if you're coming, if a visitor comes on the store and you're trying to get the number that box that little box has to be unchecked so a lot of i've seen a lot of um e-commerce brands check it by default and what i'll do is just tell them hey look you need to get explicit con um consent otherwise you can be fined for like 500 dollars per sms so imagine if you're sending right. out like um, 10,000 oh, SMSs. Yeah. It's, oh my God, it's going to be a hefty fine. That can even put you out of business. So yeah. that type of education and just that reassurance that you're familiar with the law and all of that helps, you know, put the client at ease and yeah. That, that's very interesting because I always thought uh, in the US you have like a soft opt-in regime where if someone has bought a product from you, you can send them an SMS. So it's interesting to hear that their uh, privacy standards have been tightened because it's the same in uh, the UK, in the whole of Europe. 
where you need that explicit permission and it can't be you know when they've given you permission the they need to click on the box it can't be autofilled and that kind yeah. of stuff and and that that's why people are scared because in the EU the fines are very similar in terms of 4% of your turnover or 20 million euros so it's oh yeah God. yeah i mean we've that's had insane. we've we've had fines going out in nine figures to some companies in the in the UK for data breaches not for sending an sms oh but, you know for a data breach uh no, absolutely now femke I know I know I've only um got you for half an hour so one thing I do want to ask you is for for those of uh the people who are watching this who are kind of in the same position that you were maybe 6 months ago where you're still trying to figure things out you're trying to kind of you know get to your first uh five figure month because that is when you have the funds to actually experiment a bit more you can bring people on you can you know split the mm. revenue and, and 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 the profits with them what's the best advice you can give someone who actually wants to grow and they want to grow fast okay so i would say three things right and this is also based off of experience right so i'm not just saying this you know every stuff without experience the first thing is that you always have to focus on prospecting and don't get attached to the data just it's a numbers game right when i spoke of personalization and also balancing that volume up so that's number 1 i mean even on bad days when you're sort of feeling unmotivated your you know you've gotten so many rejection emails or nothing at all it's important to get those 20 emails out per day or get those 20 leads or even just set up an automated email sequence just pump up those numbers really really do that that's the most important for any business prospecting is number 1 right number 2 is making really good financial decisions with your business and i don't think this is spoken a lot in the agency space because a lot of people focus on you know getting clients and that's the loudest drum being you know drummed but yeah <laughs> really making good financial <laughs> financial decisions is so so important when it comes to your business and that's something that i struggled with um my mindset was really really broken when it comes to when it came to you know finances particularly with your business so if you get a client don't eat the money <laughs> do not do not don't you know go splurge it on friends go on a night out or even if you're tempted to give it to your mom or your family and you know things are so bad at home really invest it back into your business because that is really what's going to move the needle forward i tell you not like there are months where you know i'd get the money then eat it and then the next month i would have no money at all for limnest so then you know yeah. it's like the cycle repeated itself so these small things really make a big difference um the number 3 um retention yeah was that what i wanted yeah. to say i had something else in mind but <laughs> retention <laughs> also be very important 
<laughs> it's really important that you're able to, you know, keep those clients. Because as I said, you know, for that year that I was running the agency, it was really, really hard for me to keep clients. And I thought, oh, my God, like, this is so hard. I keep getting clients and then I lose them and I keep getting clients and I lose them. So then I figured out, like, if I focus on the retention aspect of it, then I can keep more clients. I can make much more revenue. The other thing that I forgot, which I wanted to mention, was that don't be stingy when investing in people, you know. And this is another aspect that I had, perspective that I had, which which was so, so broken. And because I started out media buying, right? I was freelancing on Upwork, right? Right. So a lot of the times um, when I would get a client, I would approach it in that like I'm going to do everything myself right and I thought like if you know the service delivery aspect of it then you're a business owner I that's that was my thinking but little that I know and obviously now I know so much better invest in your people don't be stingy paying people the amount that they're worth. That's the only way that they're going to stay. And I see a lot of agency owners, you know, scared to invest in their people because in the back of their minds, you know, they're thinking like, if I expose this person to all my um, business, you know, trust Mm -hmm. is a big issue with business and not just for agency owners, but in general, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're letting this person into your business, giving them access to all the information that you have, um, paying them that much, you run the risk of them leaving, right? Because there's so many agency owners, so little media buyers. So they basically have a lot of options. And I was in that position, right? So you want to make sure that you really invest in those people because they're what I call your product. And not to dehumanize it, but at the end of the day, you have to realize that the agency game is a people's game, right? you're dealing with people at the end of the day. And if you don't love those people, if you don't want to invest in those people, then they're going to leave. I see so many agency owners messaging me like, hey, my media buyer left me. Can you recommend another one? I mean, yeah, yeah, you really have to approach it very differently. So I I mentioned five things, prospecting, um, making really good financial decisions with your agency. Don't spend the money, reinvest it in your business. (laughs) Don't spend the money. Guys, please listen to this one. This is the one that I had to learn the hardest also. Um, Retention, investing in your people. Mm -hmm. Um, What else did I mention? I think it was four. Yeah, four. Yes, yes, absolutely. Just to kind of uh, recap prospecting you got to do that every day whether you like it or you don't femka said you could have sent 20 emails yeah. out today you know i'd say do more if you can do more do more if you can going, yeah going in, in, insane reinvest your money your early money that comes in don't go out and spend it with your friends or your family reinvest it into your business so that you can grow faster three retention focus on retaining those clients because it's often easy very easy to sign a client uh, and you know it's yeah. very difficult for them to, to keep to keep them beyond month one 
And number four, invest in your talent. Don't be stingy with people. You know, at the end of the day, this is a people's business. Uh, if you yeah. take care of your media buyers, if you take care of all of the other freelancers that you're going to bring in, whether they're building a funnel, a landing page, doing your copywriting or setting up emails or whatever, if you take care of people, they will stick around with you for the long run. And the best agencies that you see out there are those with the best teams, the best minds. It's not, you know, at the Absolutely. end of the day, gone are the days where clients just want someone to do media buying you know it was very easy before all of this privacy stuff ios 14 that okay you know what i'll just create something on canva and i'll run an ad and i'll make tons of money because the magic facebook pixel is so clever and it's going to find me all of these customers you know um every time we think we're kind of on top of the mountain we see a new peak arrive so the game has totally changed you need to be innovating on the creative side on how you're helping your clients engage with their customer base whether it's sms or email ads or whatever it might be you always got to be kind of having that mindset of continuous improvement continuous learning and also reinvesting in yourself i think that should be the fifth one yes <laughs> Can I say one last thing, right? Sure, absolutely. It's great, great. The other thing that I would also like to, you know, tell agency owners out there is that you really need to think for yourself. And I think a lot of the times, you know, in the space with social media also, and I think it's, you know, due to the algorithm and all of that, a lot of us suffer from group think. So oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's really, really hard to get out of that um, bubble. But I think it's very, very important to be able to think for yourself. At the end of the day, if you're, you know, in business, you can't rely on somebody else to make decisions for you. So if somebody else says this and it got like a thousand likes and if they say change your business to sms now you're going to change your service to sms like <laughs> it doesn't work that way and you're not going to be able to compete sustainably at the end of the day business is competition let's remember that so mm -hmm. if everybody else is doing what everybody else is doing then it's really really hard for prospects to decide like who to go with so if everybody else has the same script everybody else has the same service just think yeah. for yourself, please. Do yourself a yeah. favor. You're an adult. Think for yourself. Stop following the crowd. And that's something that I'll keep saying because a lot of agencies suffer from it. Something goes viral, then they're going to change their business to like lead generation. Then something goes viral, then they're going to change their business to e-commerce. Like yeah. that's just <laughs> not how you run a business. Yeah, so that's something that I'm not just saying that to make people feel bad. It's something that I had to experience myself and I had to go through. So that's another important key that yeah. I'd like to add. So six. And I, and I give that comment a thousand likes. You know, often people mm -hmm. ask me a question and they're surprised when I give them an answer that is, I don't know. There are so many yeah. people that I need to sell. Actually, you, you want to know what will sell? Go and speak to your market, right? Go and speak to business owners in the market. Yeah, I can just say things to make you feel good. You can go in groups, and you know what? Everybody's going to pat your back and whatnot. But here's the thing: mm -hmm. none of these guys are making money because if if Absolutely. they were, they tell you to go out and test and learn. 
because that is the name of the game. That is the only way you're going to grow. And, you know, your roadmap is your roadmap. My roadmap will not be your roadmap. Femke's roadmap is not going to be your roadmap. You know, it's what you go out, what you learn for yourself. And at the end of the day, the ability to make good, good decisions comes from the experience of making bad decisions. Now, Femke, I've, I've had you on for a very, you know, much longer than I asked you to come on for. But before I let you go, any <laughs> final words of advice or tips or if someone wants to reach out to you, you know, um, where can they find you? Um, so tips I've given them, right? Um, okay. <laughs> any last tips? Um, yeah, so I think those six come off of the top of my head in the one that you, um, or five, in the one that you mentioned. Um, in terms of where you can find me, you can find me on Facebook, Famke Grundmann, as the screen says, and then on LinkedIn, Famke Grundmann. My IG just went down, so... I guess I'm locked out of it for a while until I create a new account. Um, but those two platforms are on, right? LinkedIn, Facebook. Awesome. On that note, Fenka, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. And please don't blast my DMs. <laughs> please. <laughs> well, you're going to get a lot of people who are probably going to say, well, I'll, oh, I'll, 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 well, well, if they want to ask any questions, you know, if you're watching this on Facebook, then please leave them in the comments below. and, and Yeah, rather in the comments, yeah. yeah. And we have the replay up as well. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for having me, by the way.